A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, thanks for clicking the button for your music at a rational volume podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm your host, Kyle. Kyle. What do we got going on tonight, Nate? Uh, tonight we're going to do a greatest albums ever created by humans on the planet Earth. The Ike Riley, his album Salesman and Racists. Sweet. All right. Isn't this your favorite album of all time? Um, no, it's not my favorite album of all time. But the way we do this is like you got a list of ones and I got a list of ones. And like, because sometimes I'll pick one. You'll be like, ah, that's really kind of trash. And you pick one. I'm like, nah, I'd rather <laughs> kill myself than listen to that, much less call it one of the great ones. So you pick one of mine. And this one, I picked one of yours, but I actually happen to own this record too. And I've got some other Ike Riley records that I like yeah. quite a bit as well. So he's an interesting dude. Why don't you tell us about him? Okay. Some stats on Ike. He was born uh, Michael Christopher Riley, December 27th, 1963, in Libertyville, Illinois, where he still lives. It says with his family. I don't know if that means his parents or what. I don't know. But he's not making it. It's a commune. It's a hippie commune. I've known some people that do that. So maybe. So he started playing harmonica and guitar in junior high. He got into bands. He went to Libertyville High School. One of his teachers was Tom Morello's mom, who he speaks very highly of. He and Tom do know each other. Tom's recorded on one of his records. In high school, he ran cross country. Apparently, he was pretty good. Interesting. I ran cross country and sucked. <laughs> he then attended Marquette University and started forming bands. One of them he formed was the Eisenhowers. That's when he changed his name from Michael to Ike, from Mike to Ike. I uh, like Ike, Ike Eisenhower. So he could be an Eisenhower. I see how it is. Yeah, I guess he was pretty committed to that. So there it is. <laughs> never heard of so, him. Yeah, never heard of him. So he was doing some stuff up until the early 90s. He retired from music. He opened a recording studio uh, in that area called uh, Diamond City. And they, he kept writing songs, and then he released Salesman and Racist August 31st, 2001 on Universal Republic Records. It's the only one he did on that. I mm -hmm. think he was dropped because, you know, it didn't sell. Yeah, this is not a uh, people-pleaser record. It's not a... It's not. It's not pop in that way. It, it is not going to be everyone's favorite cup of tea. This album doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. Yeah, okay. on the discography, yeah, it's, it's empty. Yeah, it's just it's black. You, you know, you can't click on it to to learn more about it. It's it's that kind of record. So he's got a page. So he, you know, he's kind of big time, and he's got other stuff that I really really like. But this one um, definitely shows if, if you like this, uh, you'll probably like some of his other stuff. Yeah. But if you don't like this, that's probably where it should end. Yeah, this is a this is a deal breaker record. This is one of those. Yeah, like I think I kind of hesitated on wanting to do this one just because of that. Like I know our one follower, you know, may or may not like it, but it is one of the few records that we both really like. So for that reason alone, I think it deserves kind of a spotlight. Deserves a little extra shine. In terms of trying to find people. Yeah, like I it. think it deserves spotlight. 
it is a very good record. Um, and if you do like this, maybe it'll get some people into some of Ike's other stuff. Um, this is technically a solo record. Apparently yeah. he does perform as Ike Riley, the Ike Riley assassination, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's not like a, a solo record, like a Springsteen solo record, which is him and acoustic guitar. There's right. like 30 people that play on this record. Yeah. A lot, lot of band members. Yeah. So it does sound like more like a band kind of record than like a singer songwriter solo joint. But yeah. Speaking of Tom Morello, he once said, in my view, Ike Riley, he's one of the best American songwriters of the last 10 years, both in d- delivery and lyrics. It's like part Springsteen, part replacements, which I That's thought my was favorite. an interesting quote. What did you like about that? That's my favorite quote. I'll tell you more. <laughs> but I think um, whether you appreciate the themes, whether you appreciate the language, whether you appreciate kind of the frankness of the record, it's catchy and it's poignant and it is it is great rock and roll poetry and i think when i think of Springsteen and i think of the replacements i think of both of those things in kind of a different way but it, it is a an apt comparison that he embodies these two kind of interesting places in rock and roll music yeah i think so too like this cerebral um singer songwriter part there's some really clever things to say i like that morello said that too first of all he knows ike he knows where he's from he knows what he's about and politically and otherwise mm-hmm. um and he he knows Springsteen really well he actually toured as a oh, member of the east street yeah. band for a while so he got to know him cool intimately and as a fan so that comparison um is a favorable one he, he means it as as high praise I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, And then as a replacements, I mean, yeah, he does have some of that. I mean, he curses a lot and he's got kind of a punk attitude Mm -hmm. uh, with some of the things he says. He's not afraid to say things that might be offensive and might not get him played on the radio, much like the replacements did. But also those same pop sensibilities that make the songs very listenable and the, the record, I think, was sequenced really well. It seems to, mm-hmm. seems to flow really well together, yeah. too. So replacements like in that way. Yeah, no, for sure. What else cool. I got to say, Nate? Last kind of quote I pulled, David Carter of the New York Times said, Ike Riley is kind of a natural resource, mined from the bedrock of music, all the values that make rock important to people, storytelling, melody, rage, laughter, all part and parcel of every Ike Riley show I've ever seen. Sweet. It, it is kind of a it's kind of a rebellion. Like all of his songs are kind of like, here's my point of view, and I'm going to make it very plain to you how I feel about things. Right. No, and, and you know, rage, melody, all that for sure. And like with you know the Ramones, we're kind of in that same vein. It, it is kind of funny too. Some of his stuff, <laughs> he can really turn a phrase. Yeah, he's so, very clever for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so the right. first song on here, Last Time, which is probably my favorite song on the record, that was released as the first single, July 31st, 2001. Uh, a little poor timing. Yeah, there. what happened two months after that, of course, 9-11, 2001. Yeah. Now, this, this song, of course, has a reference in here to uh, plane crash, and actually it's mentioned in there a number of times yeah crashing into the sea and what would happen to, to this people <laughs> well, or those people yeah 
But let's be honest, this was never going to be a hit. Nope. <laughs> but even with, uh, you know, your college radio or whatever, this yeah. probably would have been pulled. You know, yeah. Because it was in, it would have been considered in poor taste after yes. 9-11. And if you didn't live through that, you don't really quite get how scary and weird that was at that mm-hmm. time. Yep. I mean. Yeah. I don't think that them pulling the song killed his career or anything like no, that. No, no. But you know, it's it's no help either. Yeah. Well, th- this this should have been the first single, and it should have been as it was. Uh, but if not for nine eleven, I still don't think it's it, you know going to receive enough popularity, particularly in two thousand one with all no. that was going on in music, um, with its themes and its language. Well. Perhaps, but I don't know if they, they were kind of doing the uh, uh, punky kind of Blink-182 bowling for soup stuff, I think, more than, I think he might have been too smart for stuff like that. Although, and that wasn't just here. I mean, other stations around the country are playing that same kind of crap. He was certainly in a league of his own with this record, and and maybe that. That's why it wasn't, no, certainly it found some traction, found some ears, but uh, yeah, it was not a runaway <laughs> breakout hit uh, in a lot of ways. No, definitely not as big as it, as it could have been, but I think the first four songs are amazing, fantastic. It's got some other ones I quite like as well. Yeah, I, I would say, song, go ahead. I would say the first seven I love. Right, like I, I just total excellence all the way through. That's not to say the back half of the record isn't really good too, um, but I, he just can't go wrong in those first, uh, you know, seven tracks for me. It is top heavy. The first half's better. I mean, but the second half's not terrible. Right. It's just not as good. Right. But and even with the first half, there's a couple that I was like, eh, hey, you know. Fine. Yeah, the uh, number six, the assassination of Sweet Louis Diablo. <laughs> I think, I think it, it enjoys the benefit of being um, smashed between hail hail and put a little love in it. See, that's what I was going to say. That one's not my favorite. Um, New Year's Eve also not my favorite. On the on yeah, the back it's a little half. bit of a downer. And Crave is probably not my favorite either. But yeah, the second song, Angels and Horrors, that was very good. And the first song I heard on this, you put on a mixtape for me, was Kami Drives a Nova. Oh, it's, Probably your it's favorite. so good, yeah. It it has everything I love about a rock and roll song. It's it's a it's a driving thumper, like it. Um, it but it's also got some interesting melody and some some really interesting turns in it, and it, it doesn't just lay there and um, you know repeat itself a lot. Plus, it's got some interesting things to say. And and also has that bit of wit and that bit of cleverness in the lyrics, particularly towards the end of the song, uh, which I think you should just go listen to and uh, find out for yourself. You really have to hear it. I mean, it's it's kind of punk rock in its lyrics and attitude and political and but very humorous as well. Just a great power pop song. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I I, I love us. Yeah, go ahead. If anything, that would add a chance to become a hit. Yes. More so than, than last time, because some of the lyrics in last time are you know, 
little too much for radio. sexually explicit in nature yeah. and probably wouldn't have um would have been you know kind of tick some people off but at the very right. least commie i thought would have been at least like a dr mento or something i mean it is quirky and weird yeah but i, I think butt. i think it would have sat really well along um alongside a lot of what was out at the time um, yeah it really only has the one curse word in it well, I could um, edit that out easily enough. But th- there were a ton of songs at the time that, you know, you'd get a bleep or a... All the time. A sketchy, uh, <laughs> where they dropped the sound on it. Yeah, and there's other <laughs> ones they would actually release a, a, a radio-friendly track for it. Yeah. Super easy to do. Especially yeah. that one. It's not where you're butchering the whole song, but... Yeah, it's it's got enough elsewhere where that really wouldn't have slowed it down a lot. So I'm not sure why that was never tried or why that one wasn't. I don't know, man. Last time. I don't know if the, if they just gave up, I don't think there was another single off the record from what I can hear. Yeah. I I don't know that I saw anything officially released. I definitely didn't see anything. And once again, there's no Wikipedia page, which we always (laughs) pretty much read. Kind of our default. Yeah, exactly. But I've well, I've never heard any of his stuff on any radio station, but I haven't listened to radio in ten years at least. But that's a great song. Hip hop thighs, the next one also fan. Or hip hop thighs number seventeen. It's so great. It's fantastic. It it is the first song I heard of his, but I had heard number sixteen, which I think is a better song. But seventeen's still good, and it's still got everything that sixteen has. Um. Minus a couple little things, but so I'm not uh, sure if you're making this up or what. Was there really a 16? Yeah, really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened to one through 15, but there was definitely a 16. Well, I thought well, you were looking at me like I'm crazy. Ass. I thought you, yeah. oh, number 16 was better. Clever, Nate. <laughs> Appreciate that witty banter. Why, always throw why would I make that up? I don't know. You make up a lot of stupid shit. I don't know. But okay, if there Not was a usually. 16. Pretty much every day. But that's cool, man. I'm going to have to get into that further and see if I can track that down. It's not on Spotify as far as I can tell. Let's see. But Where's... Number Where 16 you... was on his 2008 record, Poison the Hit Parade. Uh, yeah, I clearly don't have that. It it has a a little bit of an intro that's kind of fun, and it, and it hits a little bit different. If you're one of those people, you get into this record and you like hip hop thighs, go back and take a look at number sixteen instead. Hip hop thighs sixteen. I'm gonna have to track that one down now because this record is good. But honest to God, I played it so many times in the last three weeks. I'm like, uh, it's gonna be put away for a while. <laughs> It's great, but uh, maybe a minute to breathe. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got some other stuff the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, um, we talked about Hail Hail. You like that one quite a bit. I do like that one. I think I do too. One of the more underrated songs on it. On it, like just well crafted. Underrated song on a record no one's heard of, but sure. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're. I think people who are gonna evangelize this record you'll be like hey have you heard this record that's not the one you're gonna no. try and sell people no, on. you're right i mean for me the first four are perfect hail hail is very good um 
sweet Lou, I could honestly do without. <laughs> yeah. And then they go into put a little love in it. More of a poppy song. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe that could have got played on the radio. I think it definitely has um, some Beatles-esque uh, yeah. fingerprints on it. And I, I don't know if this is a situation where they just didn't know what bucket to put him in. So it didn't go anywhere. It just kind of went, you know, nowhere. That could have been that. Could it, it could have been the thing where you where you just said maybe they just dropped it. Maybe they just tried the first single they thought would last with um, with last time, and when that didn't fly, they were like, "Great, we'll just sell what we sell, and that'll be enough." I don't know. I think that's probably it. Because I mean, it, it's it was beyond the days of the you know late eighties, early nineties, where you know, a big record company, you don't spend two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars on a video and, you know, all the promotion and the, all the, uh, you know, the giveaways and all the, the stuff they put in stores and, um, radio promotion and all that crap. That's yeah. was kind of gone at that right. point. No, I think so too. Plus but, at that point you're running into Napster and you're running into the, the, core landscape of music industry stuff is being changed forever. And I think that but probably played into it too. 2000. Well, I mean, one, I mean, people were still buying CDs then that was still the height of, of, you know, physical media was still yep. King. And so if he had a chance to make it, it's probably going to be um, with this record, but to his credit, his other records are not that different. Yeah. I think the song really no, actually has gotten sure. better, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, he kept making the, he kept uh, being himself. Yep. He didn't have no, kind of another awesome. hiatus, but yeah. <laughs> but, and but, put a yeah. little love in it. According to John, he worked with this guy, John, who was apparently pretty weird. They worked at a graveyard and he was like, Hey man, you know, your work there, put a little love in it. That's kind of what the song's yeah. about. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. Yeah, put some effort into it. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be happy with what you're doing. And, um, you know, not everything has to be a bad attitude and, and crappy. Right. Yeah. I mean, you and I have both worked in places we didn't love and didn't yeah. uh, didn't always feel <laughs> we're, you know, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, supportive and um, soul affirming. So it takes an effort to put a smile on your face and like just try and enjoy your time there. Yeah. And it, but sometimes it is, like you said, just, you know, change your attitude a little bit and not always that hard. If it's really hard, you're probably going to, you know, quit or you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, and that could be relationships or, or anything else too. If it's not, if right. it's really, really bad, get the hell out, go do yeah. something else. But Watch if you show. value it, if you care about it, if you find anything of worth in it, you got to put the love in. Even if you're not, if you're stuck in that situation, put a little love in it and then, um, you know, try a little harder. Yeah, no, so I, we're now getting on the, the back yeah. half of the record. Honestly, there's not a whole lot I want to talk about on this. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's good and I like it. Uh, particularly Duty Free, I think, is one of my love favorite it. songs of the back half. Um, the rest of it, I just like to listen to, but it's not one I go to individual tracks a lot to relive those. No, it was it was tougher to get through the second half for the 
10th time, but duty free is an up tempo rocker. Mm-hmm. It just kicks butt. And that's kind of a difference from putting a love in it. Is sometimes I just got to get away and get out. And if you need anything, anything else, you duty wanna... free that I will be there for you. Uh, goddamn shame. I think is pretty good. The closing track. I, nice I think, one. I think if you cut this to 11, you know, oh, for I sure. Think, I think it's yeah, a better it's record. Nice. Yep. But I'm not unhappy that that all 13 are there. Like, I like Ike Riley and I like this record. So, yeah. But again, not at sad. that time, you know, they were making records that were longer and 13 and 15 and 22 tracks. And geez, the hip hop ones were even longer because they had these stupid skits and inside jokes that nobody gets. And, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, does anybody like that crap? I, d- I don't think so. People did. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Somebody. I think people do because they feel they have to. But anyway, shorten up your records. Clean them up. <laughs> Don't make me listen to all this crap. All right? Yeah. Give me the winners, and then let's move on. Yeah. Put put the other ones on your B-sides or, you know, save it for a some other kind of record store day record. <laughs> Speaking of go. which, did you go to record yeah. store day? I did not. Okay. I was working. I went there. They were um, giving away pancakes. Nice. I didn't have any. Just had lunch. Didn't want pancakes. <laughs> Got the uh, replacements, double double live record. I'm like, if it's there, I'll buy it. I got there at 2 in the afternoon, sitting right there. I'm like, well, this is just meant to be. So M-F-E-O. Yeah. But anyway, nice. anything else on Ike Riley? I think... Uh... Really, all all there is to say is it's a good record. It's worth at least one spin, and maybe only the first three or four. And then if you don't like it, we'll understand. I mean, we'll think less of you, but... We definitely will. It's okay, and uh, we'll get over it. No, it's a good gateway drug, though. Ike Riley, Salesman and Racist. It, it's, it's a good album. If you like music, um, you should like that. If you don't, you know, you might want to just rethink some things you've done in your life because get some therapy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Come to, come to Ike Riley and, and be saved or something. There you go. <laughs> he is still touring. He's still making records. Got a website. So I don't know. Ike Riley dump. You'll find it, yep. but he's got some cool stuff. So anyway, I think that's it. Huh? Yep. I think we've uh, beaten that to death. Okay. Okay. Check it out. And we'll uh, see you guys next time. See ya.